Section 22 of An Essay Concerning Human Understanding, Book 2, by John Locke. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Emmanuel Zornberg. Chapter 24 of collective ideas of substances. Besides these complex ideas of several single substances, as of man, horse, gold, violet, apple, etc., the mind hath also complex collective ideas of substances, which I so call because such ideas are made up of many particular substances considered together, as united into one idea and which so joined are looked on as one. Verbi gratia, the idea of such a collection of men as make an army, though consisting of a great number of distinct substances, is as much one idea as the idea of a man, and the great collective idea of all bodies whatsoever, signified by the name world, is as much one idea as the idea of any the least particle of matter in it, it sufficing to the unity of any idea that it be considered as one representation or picture, though made up of ever so many particulars. These collective ideas of substances the mind makes by its power of composition, and uniting severally either simple or complex ideas into one, as it does by the same faculty make the complex ideas of particular substances, consisting of an aggregate of diverse simple ideas united in one substance. And as the mind, by putting together the repeated ideas of unity, makes the collective mode or complex idea of any number as a score or a gross, etc., so, by putting together several particular substances, it makes collective ideas of substances as a troop, an army, a swarm, a city, a fleet, each of which every one finds that he represents to his own mind by one idea, in one view. And so, under that notion, considers those several things as perfectly one, as one ship, or one atom. Nor is it harder to conceive how an army of ten thousand men should make one idea than how a man should make one idea, it being as easy to the mind to unite into one idea of a great number of men and consider it as one, as it is to unite into one particular all the distinct ideas that make up the composition of a man and consider them all together as one. Amongst such kind of collective ideas are to be counted most part of artificial things, at least such of them as are made up of distinct substances. And, in truth, if we consider all these collective ideas aright, as army, constellation, universe, as they are united into so many single ideas, they are but the artificial droughts of the mind, bringing things very remote 
and independent on one another into one view the better to contemplate and discourse of them united into one conception and signified by one name for there are no things so remote nor so contrary which the mind cannot by this art of composition bring into one idea as is visible in that signified by the universe chapter twenty five of relation besides the ideas whether simple or complex that the mind has of things as they are in themselves there are others it gets from their comparison one with another the understanding in the consideration of anything is not confined to that precise object it can carry any idea as it were beyond itself or at least look beyond it to see how it stands in conformity to any other when the mind so considers one thing that it does as it were bring it to and set it by another and carry its view from one to the other this is as the words import relation and respect and the denominations given to positive things intimating that respect and serving as marks to lead the thoughts beyond the subject itself denominated to something distinct from it are what we call relatives and the things so brought together related thus when the mind considers caius as such a positive being it takes nothing into that idea but what really exists in caius verbigratia when i consider him as a man i have nothing in my mind but the complex idea of the species man so likewise when i say caius is a white man i have nothing but the bare consideration of a man who hath that white color but when i give caius the name husband i intimate some other person and when i give him the name whiter i intimate some other thing in both cases my thought is led to something beyond caius and there are two things brought into consideration and since any idea whether simple or complex may be the occasion why the mind thus brings two things together and as it were takes a view of them at once though still considered as distinct therefore any of our ideas may be the foundation of relation as in the above-mentioned instance the contract and ceremony of marriage with sempronia is the occasion of the denomination or relation of husband and the color white the occasion why he is said to be whiter than free stone these and the like relations expressed by relative terms that have others answering them with a reciprocal intimation as father and son bigger and less cause and effect are very obvious to everyone and everybody at first sight perceives their relation for father and son husband and wife and such other correlative terms seem so nearly to belong to one another and through custom do so readily chime and answer one another in people's memories that upon the naming of either of them the thoughts are presently carried beyond the thing so named and nobody overlooks or doubts of a relation where it is so plainly intimated 
but where languages have failed to give correlative names, there the relation is not always so easily taken notice of. Concubine is, no doubt, a relative name, as well as wife, but in languages where this and the like words have not a correlative term, their people are not so apt to take them to be so, as wanting that evident mark of relation which is between correlatives, which seem to explain one another, and not, a, and not to be able to exist but together. Hence it is that many of those names which, duly considered, do include evident relations, have been called external denominations. But all names that are more than empty sounds must signify some idea, which is either in the thing to which the name is applied, and then it is positive, and is looked on as united to, and existing in the thing to which the denomination is given, or else it arises from the respect the mind finds in it to something distinct from it, with which it considers it, and then it concludes a relation. Another sort of relative terms there is, which are not looked on to be either relative or so much as external denominations, which yet, under the form and appearance of signifying something absolute in the subject, do conceal a tacit, though less observable, relation. Such are the seemingly positive terms of old, great, imperfect, etc., whereof I shall have occasion to speak more at large in the following chapters. This farther may be observed that the ideas of relation may be the same in men who have far different ideas of the things that are related, or that are thus compared, verbi gratia, those who have far different ideas of a man may yet agree in the notion of a father, which is a notion superinduced to the substance, or man, and refers only to an act of that thing called man, whereby he contributed to the generation of one of his own kind. Let man be what it will. The nature, therefore, of relation consists in the referring or comparing two things one to another, from which comparison one or both comes to be denominated. And, if either of those things be removed or cease to be, the relation ceases, and the denomination consequent to it, though the other receive in itself no alteration at all, the bigratia, Caius, whom I consider today as a father, ceases to be so tomorrow, only by the death of his son, without any alteration made in himself. Nay, barely by the mind's changing the object to which it compares any thing, the same thing is capable of having contrary denominations at the same time. Verbi gratia, Caius, compared to several persons, may truly be said to be older and younger, stronger and weaker, etc. Whatsoever doth or can exist, or be considered as one thing, is positive, and so not only simple ideas and substances, but modes also, are positive beings, though the parts of which they consist are very often relative one to another, but the whole together considered as one thing, producing in us the complex idea of one thing, which idea is in our minds, 
as one picture, though an aggregate of diverse parts, and under one name, it is a positive or absolute thing or idea. Thus a triangle, though the parts thereof compared to one to another be relative, yet the idea of the whole is a positive absolute idea. The same may be said of a family, a tune, etc., for there can be no relation but betwixt two things considered as two things. There must always be in relation two ideas or things, either in themselves really separate or considered as distinct, and then a ground or occasion for their comparison. Concerning relation in general, these things may be considered. First, that there is no one thing, whether simple idea, substance, mode, or relation, or name of either of them, which is not capable of almost an infinite number of considerations <clears throat> in reference to other things, and therefore this makes no small part of men's thoughts and words. Verbi gratia. One single man may at once be concerned in and sustain all these following relations, and many more, viz. father, brother, son, grandfather, grandson, father-in-law, son-in-law, husband, friend, enemy, subject, general, judge, patron, client, professor, European, Englishman, islander, servant, master, professor, captain, superior, inferior, bigger, less, older, younger, contemporary, like, unlike, etc., to an almost infinite number, he being capable of as many relations as there can be occasions of comparing him to other things, in any manner of agreement, disagreement, or respect whatsoever. For, as I said, relation is a way of comparing or considering two things together, and giving one or both of them some appellation from that comparison, and sometimes giving even the relation itself a name. Secondly, this farther may be considered concerning relation, that though it be not contained in the real existence of things, but something extraneous and superinduced, yet the ideas which relative words stand for are often clearer and more distinct than of those substances to which they do belong. The notion we have of a father or brother is a great deal clearer and more distinct than what we have of a man, or, if you will, paternity is a thing whereof it is easier to have a clear idea than of humanity, and I can much easier conceive what a friend is than what God, because the knowledge of one action or one simple idea 
is oftentimes sufficient to give me the notion of a relation. But to the knowing of any substantial being, an accurate collection of sundry ideas is necessary. A man, if he compares two things together, can hardly be supposed not to know what it is wherein he compares them. So that when he compares any things together, he cannot but have a very clear idea of that relation. The ideas, then, of relations are capable at least of being more perfect and distinct in our minds than those of substances, because it is commonly hard to know all the simple ideas which are really in any substance, but for the most part easy enough to know the simple ideas that make up any relation I think on, or have a name for, verbi gratia, comparing two men in reference to one common parent, it is very easy to frame the ideas of brothers, without having yet the perfect idea of a man. For significant relative words, as well as others, standing only for ideas, and those being all either simple or made up of simple ones, it suffices for the knowing the precise idea the relative term stands for to have a clear conception of that which is the foundation of the relation, which may be done without having a perfect and clear idea of the thing it is attributed to. Thus, having the notion that one laid the egg out of which the other was hatched, I have a clear idea of the relation of dam and chick between the two cassiowaries in St. James Park though perhaps I have but a very obscure and imperfect idea of those birds themselves. Thirdly, though there be a great number of considerations, wherein things may be compared one with another, and so a multitude of relations, yet they all terminate in and are concerned about those simple ideas either of sensation or reflection which I think to be the whole materials of all our knowledge. To clear this, I shall show it in the most considerable relations that we have any notion of, and in some that seem to be the most remote from sense or reflection, which yet will appear to have their own ideas from thence, and leave it past doubt that the notions we have of them are but certain simple ideas, and so originally derived from sense or reflection. Fourthly, that relation being the considering of one thing with another, which is extrinsical to it, it is evident that all words that necessarily lead the mind to any other ideas than are supposed really to exist in that thing, to which the words are applied, are relative words. Verbi gratia. A man black. Merry thoughtful, thirsty, angry, extended. These and the like are all absolute, because they neither signify nor intimate anything. But what does or is supposed really to exist in the man thus denominated? But father, brother, king, husband, blacker, merrier, etc., are words which, 
together with the thing they denominate, imply also something else separate and exterior to the existence of that thing. Having laid down these premises concerning relation in general, I shall now proceed to show, in some instances, how all the ideas we have of relation are made up, as the others are, only of simple ideas, and that they all, how refined or remote from sense soever they seem, terminate at last in simple ideas. I shall begin with the most comprehensive relation wherein all things that do or can exist are concerned, and that is the relation of cause and effect. <clears throat> the idea whereof, how derived from the two fountains of all our knowledge, sensation and reflection, I shall in the next place consider. Chapter 26 of Cause and Effect and Other Relations In the notice that our senses take of the constant vicissitude of things, we cannot but observe that several particular both qualities and substances begin to exist, and that they receive this their existence from the due application and operation of some other being. From this observation we get our ideas of cause and effect. That which produces any simple or complex idea we denote by the general name cause, and that which is produced, effect. Thus, finding that in that substance which we call wax fluidity, which is a simple idea that was not in it before, is constantly produced by the application of a certain degree of heat, we call the simple idea of heat, in relation to fluidity in wax, the cause of it, and fluidity the effect. So also finding that the substance of wood, which is a certain collection of simple ideas, so-called, by the application of fire is turned into another substance, called ashes, i.e. another complex idea, consisting of a collection of simple ideas, quite different from that complex idea which we call wood. We consider fire in relation to ashes as cause, and the ashes as effect, so that whatever is considered by us to conduce or operate to the producing any particular simple idea or collection of simple ideas, whether substance or mode, which did not before exist, hath thereby in our minds the relation of a cause, and so is denominated by us. Having thus from what our senses are able to discover, in the operations of bodies on one another, got the notion of cause and effect, viz. that cause is that which makes any other thing, either simple idea, substance, or mode, begin to be. And an effect is that which had its beginning from some other thing. The mind finds no great difficulty to distinguish the several originals of things into two sorts. First, when the thing is wholly made new, so that no part thereof did ever exist before, as when a new particle of matter, 
doth begin to exist in rerum natura which had before no being and this we call creation secondly when a thing is made up of particles which did all of them before exist but that very thing so constituted of pre-existing particles which considered altogether make up such a collection of simple ideas as had not any existence before as this man this egg rose or cherry etc and this when referred to a substance produced in the ordinary course of nature by internal principle but set on work and received from some external agent or cause and working by insensible ways which we perceive not we call generation when the cause is extrinsical and the effect produced by a sensible separation or juxtaposition of discernible parts we call it making and such are all artificial things when any simple idea is produced which was not in that subject before we call it alteration thus a man is generated a picture made and either of them altered when any new sensible quality or simple idea is produced in either of them which was not there before and the things thus made to exist which were not there before are effects and those things which operated to the existence causes in which and all other causes we may observe that the notion of cause and effect has its rise from ideas received by sensation or reflection and that this relation how comprehensible soever terminates at last in them for to have the idea of cause and effect it suffices to consider any simple idea or substance as beginning to exist by the operation of some other without knowing the manner of that operation time and place are also the foundations of very large relations and all finite beings at least are concerned in them but having already shown in another place how we get these ideas it may suffice here to intimate that most of the denominations of things received from time are only relations thus when any one says that queen elizabeth lived sixty-nine and reigned forty-five years these words import only the relation of that duration to some other and mean no more than this that the duration of her existence was equal to sixty-nine and the duration of her government to forty-five annual revolutions of the sun and so are all words answering how long again william the conqueror invaded england about the year ten sixty six which means this that taking the duration from our saviour's time till now for one entire great length of time it shows at what distance this invasion was from the two extremes and so do all words of time answering to the question when which show only the distance of any point of time from the period of a longer duration from which we measure 
and to which we thereby consider it as related. There are yet, besides those, other words of time that ordinarily are thought to stand for positive ideas, which yet will, when considered, be found to be relative, such as are young, old, etc., which include and intimate the relation any thing has to a certain length of duration, whereof we have the idea in our minds. Thus, having settled in our thoughts the idea of the ordinary duration of a man to be seventy years, when we say a man is young, we mean that his age is yet but a small part of that which usually men attain to, and when we denominate him old, we mean that his duration is run out almost to the end of that which men do not usually exceed. And so, it is but comparing the particular age or duration of this or that man to the idea of that duration which we have in our minds as ordinarily belonging to that sort of animals, which is plain in the application of these names to other things, for a man is called young at twenty years, and very young at seven years old. But yet a horse we call old at twenty, and a dog at seven years, because in each of these we compare their age to different ideas of duration, which are settled in our minds as belonging to these several sorts of animals, in the ordinary course of nature. But the sun and stars, though they have outlasted several generations of men, we call not old, because we do not know what period God hath set to that sort of beings. This term, belonging properly to those things, which we can observe in the ordinary course of things, by a natural decay, to come to an end in a certain period of time, and so have in our minds, as it were, a standard to which we can compare the several parts of their duration, and, by the relation they bear thereunto, call them young or old, which we cannot therefore do to a ruby or diamond, things whose usual periods we know not. The relation also that things have to one another in their places and distances is very obvious to observe, as above, below, a mile distant from Charing Cross in England and in London. But as in duration, so in extension and bulk, there are some ideas that are relative, which we signify by names that are thought positive, as great and little are truly relations. For here also having, by observation, settled in our minds the ideas of the bigness of several species of things from those we have been most accustomed to, we make them, as it were, the standards whereby to denominate the bulk of others. Thus we call a great apple, such as one as is bigger than the ordinary sort of those we have been used to, and a little horse, such as one as comes not up to the size of that idea which we have in our minds to belong ordinarily to horses. And that will be a great horse to a Welshman, which is but a little one to a Fleming, they too having, from the different breed of their countries, taken several sized ideas to which they compare, 
and in relation to which they denominate their great and their little. So likewise, weak and strong are but relative denominations of power compared to some ideas we have at that time of greater or less power. Thus, when we say a weak man, we mean one that has not so much strength or power to move as usually men have, or usually those of his size have, which is a comparing his strength to the idea we have of the usual strength of men, or men of such a size. The like, when we say the creatures are all weak things, weak, there is but a relative term, signifying the disproportion there is in the power of God and these creatures. And so, abundance of words in ordinary speech stand only for relations, and perhaps the greatest part, which at first might seem to have no such signification. Verbigratia. The ship has necessary stores. Necessary and stores are both relative words, one having a relation to the accomplishing the voyage intended, and the other to future use. All which relations, how they are confined to and terminate in ideas derived from sensation or reflection, is too obvious to need any explanation. End of section 22. Recording by Emanuel Zornberg.